0: If people want to see everybody's comments. Yeah, that's in my intro. You should, oh, that's in your intro, okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's look at her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, guys, so
2: welcome everybody um, to Now That We're Friends and to the O Miami Online Poetry Festival. The mission of O Miami is for every person in Miami to encounter a poem during the month of April. Typically, we do that through in-person events and through public art projects obviously that's not possible this year and so this is our first and hopefully only fully online digital festival and this is the first and maybe only live episode of our podcast now that we're friends Um, i want to thank all of our sponsors i'm going to put uh our sponsor logos up on the screen just give me a moment for that you guys see it (laughs) Yes, okay, so thank you to the Knight Foundation, to Miami-Dade County, the City of Miami Beach, the uh, Perez Family Foundation, the Betsy South Beach, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Miami Foundation, the Children's Trust, Culture Builds Builds Florida, (laughs) the Poetry Foundation, South Arts, and the Jackson Health System. So thank you to all of those. All right, a few little pointers for using zoom if you're new or if you haven't used a zoom webinar before so the first thing is that you can go ahead and open your chat window so if you if you um, hover over the camera you'll see an option at the bottom it says chat and it's got a little um, like thought bubble you can open that up you'll be able to see any chats that come in Um, you can set if you see at the bottom it says two and the default is probably two panelists but you can change that to everyone. And then anything you type will be visible to all the panelists and the attendees. Um, We welcome you to use the chat. If you have comments, questions, um, be polite. And uh, otherwise, that seems straightforward. Also, um, you want to hover to the top of the screen and you want to click gallery view that's going to allow you to see all four of us at the same time, which I think is preferable for this setting. Um, That's it. Thanks for joining us. And now we'll get started with Now That We're Friends.
1: Now that we're friends, here is an album you would like, here is a book you would like. I think you'd like my cat and also my dog, because we're friends. That we're friends. Now that we're friends. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Now That We're Friends,
0: the podcast that takes your life questions and gives you homework.
1: <laughs> that was Caroline Cabrera in Fort Lauderdale, who um, I don't quite know how to say this, but in listening to all the karaoke that Ms. Cabrera has done, um, she has the X Factor. I don't know what it is. It is the X Factor. That's the point of the X Factor. You don't know what it is, but she's got it. Listen to her do karaoke.
2: I remember you telling me I had the X Factor at a diner at like 3 a.m. and it being one of the most important. And
1: and I compared you to Adele if you didn't. (laughs) You did? not accurate. (laughs)
0: And that was Gail Thompson in Young Harris, Georgia, who once called herself the sacrificial
3: clown of our friend group. <laughs>
1: I'll do it today.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, and that was Anne Holmes in Washington, D.C., who will forever have the greatest buildup to saying the word footloose <laughs> that the world has ever known.
2: <laughs> and last, but definitely not least, that was our very special guest, Lisanne Ramos. She is typically our producer. Um, on a live Zoom episode, there's nothing to produce. So we invited Lisanne, who is an integral part of Now That We're Friends to join us to answer your questions as well. And Lisanne, um once showed a, she had a picture of a ghost from New Orleans on her phone and she showed it to my husband during dinner and he didn't want to let her phone in the house anymore. So that's <laughs> a little bit about Lisanne. I'm scared. I'm scared. It was very scared I'm like brutal. scared and also mad at both of us. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: and like uh, mad at ghosts.
2: And mad at ghosts, <laughs> mad at Lisanne, yeah just everything. All right how's everyone doing?
1: Pretty good. Great. Indoors. <laughs> yeah.
2: Any uh highlights?
1: I don't wanna be the first one to bring up my highlight because it's about tadpoles, so.
2: Do it, go. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't want people to come in and be like, okay, what's the best thing you got? And I'm like, I got tadpoles.
2: <laughs> that sounds exciting to me.
1: <laughs> but since we are allowed to go outside a little bit and there's about 42 people in my town, there might be less than that. But uh, I basically can just walk to a lovely little cross country trail and there's, like, a vernal pool that exists that's, like, I think where some of the, like, golf team used to, used to practice. And, but, like, now there's just a pool, and then it has slowly dried up over the last couple days. But um, about a week and a half ago, a frog laid some eggs, and there were some tadpoles. And we're talking a lot of tadpoles. But then as the pool dries up, because we're getting less and less rain, because it's springtime going into summer uh, <laughs> in Georgia, um, now they're all just like flipping and flopping around and they're, lo- they're like losing water. And I've been very nervous for them because I thought, I thought the tadpole cycle was going to be a little quicker, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. like it was going to be like six days, then they were going to sprout some legs and head on out. And then I thought, now I'm hoping that like, maybe they'll have some pressure, you know, like maybe it'll switch on some gene that will yeah. turn on their legs and they'll start hopping away. But right now it's like the pool's like this big and they're all just flip flopping around. So I'm really, my point is I've been really um, invested in these tadpoles because I've yeah. never seen a nymph before. Like I've never seen the the middle stage.
2: Yeah, no, me neither. That sounds Yeah. really stressful.
1: <laughs> it's so stressful. <laughs> and anyway, it's, um, it's taken up a lot of my thought time.
0: I get that. Yeah. Get that. that makes sense. Yes. It's a pretty good thing to take up your thoughts
1: nowadays. Time and temperature.
0: Yeah.
1: Grow. Well, maybe if there's less water, it'll get warmer, which then will make them sprout legs. Yeah.
2: I think time is what they're running short on, unfortunately.
1: I, yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm not a scientist but I was
1: thinking I was like should I in the middle of the night like go and bring a couple like
2: water the tadpoles
1: <laughs> everybody um, needs a
0: quarantine project
1: <laughs> I, I when my fish I like got really upset when I was a kid about where my fish bowl was and I couldn't figure out the best place but we had just gotten fish like six hours before and that night I was like Moving it around, I couldn't find the best place for the fish, and so I finally put them on like my Fisher Price bookshelf, and then the bookshelf fell over in the morning, no. and all the fish started flopping around everywhere. Ooh. And Uh-oh. my anyway, my mom makes fun of me because I threw them in the toilet first because because no. I didn't because like it was the because oh, it's, like, water. So it it's the water, water, yeah. and yeah, I mean I didn't like go. <laughs> and throw
2: You're like. Well, just got a these. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was just like quick water. Cause I didn't want to like have them sit in the sink, flopping around and like wait <laughs> for the water to come in. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Anyway, and that killed them is what I'm all. <laughs> 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 Cause it was bad water. Um,
0: <laughs> does anyone else have well? something? Out of their light? Um, <laughs> my highlight has <laughs> been, well, there's, there's a couple is also kind of noticing nature more like now and also now that it's now that it's spring and now that we're friends um i my office um i have a window and now that i'm working from home i'm just like staring out at our backyard all day and like noticing all the birds in the backyard and all the birds are like squawking and tussling and um being cool also a highlight is that um, i can wear pajamas all the time, and sure. just put like a sweater on and maybe makeup if I want, but it's all just like pajamas below. Yeah. Um, Waistbands. Those are kind of boring <laughs> highlights. Oh, also, I'm working on a new puzzle, which is um, a cat laying on a piano <laughs> with <laughs> uh, sheet music, which I'm very excited about.
3: So exciting stuff! Yeah, exciting quarantine news. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm just taking more walks. I'm very jealous of both of your scenery. Yeah. Because around here it's just uh, houses. Although I did <laughs> so when you brought up the things you've seen in nature, I thought of like this extremely tacky house by my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really hope the person who owns this house is not here. But <laughs> <laughs> they have like a crazy horse fountain. What I describe as a horse bidet, because and this is a live photo. If anyone can hold on.
2: Oh! Oh!
3: Wow! Look at it live! Wow, that is ornate. And it's a bidet. Yeah, like it's it's doing the thing. Yeah, right where it should, I guess. I guess so. Working. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that. That's the kind of thing I've been seeing. That's my nature. And I also saw anyone from Miami would know this is like a crime against humanity. Uh, there's like a styrofoam full of um, platanos maduros, fried plantains on the floor. What? On the street. It's really what? Bad. I can't zoom, apparently. But it's it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Also, Terry,
2: really in the, Terry in the chat said, if it wasn't a bidet before, it's certainly a bidet now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's so true. That's, That's good. pretty good. Good stuff.
2: All bets are off.
3: (laughs) Those are my nature walks.
2: Um, I have two. They're not really highlights. I'm just going to tell you about the two projects that I wanted to get done before we talk today. And one was successful and one was not. Um, Well, partially. My first was that I made some sorbet because the grapefruits have been like fire. They've been so freaking good. And I, when I think about like how much I look forward to my morning grapefruit, it makes me realize like the only thing I look forward to these days are meals. Like it's like, like there's nothing, there's nothing on the horizon except food for me. Um, (laughs) So I made, I made a grapefruit and rosewater sorbet that I can't wait to try once it like, yeah, it's good stuff. The other thing I was gonna do that I was fairly certain I would be successful at was that I get like a, I get dip polish on my nails. And I moved a couple of weeks ago, and two of my um, two of my nails broke while I was moving. But I've just been like having like two broken nails and like eight beautiful nails. Um, and then <laughs> they've wow. grown out though, because I got my nails done like four weeks ago, and so they've grown out enough that I'm like, oh, my fingers are no longer um, useful. So I need to like soak this polish off. And I started thinking like, whatever, this will be whatever. But as you can see, this nail, this hand, except the one that broke, this hand is still like long nails. And this hand is like just a utilitarian hand now because it took so long that I ran out of time and I only got to do one hand because I can't do two at a time Um, because then I can't do anything. Uh, So anyway, those are my highlights for today. Um, Yeah, good stuff. I did also, I had a dream last week that um that my nail lady helen came over to my house and we had a nail polish birthday party sleepover for me so that's where i am (laughs) in quarantine times is all i want is to get my nails done and have a friend um
3: yeah all dreams are bad right now for me
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah All right. (laughs) Well, on that note, (laughs) on that note, we'll get into the emotions of all this.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is the focus of this episode. So
2: it
1: is.
2: (laughs) And we got a lot of great questions from people. Um, and so thanks to everyone who's had a question in. That's awesome. Um, What we did for this episode is we picked three questions that we thought kind of like ran the gamut that we're gonna do kind of rapid fire answers for. Um, but if you wrote in and we don't specifically answer your question because there's so much overlap in the themes between the questions like there's probably something here for you as well. So, our goal was to kind of like pick questions that would sort of give nice recommendations for anyone who had written into us. All right. All right. The first question we have, I should have been more prepared for this. <laughs> the first question we have, I have on a voice memo. Um All right. And so we'll listen to that now.
3: Hi ladies. Let's say my name is Gloria. I would like to talk to you about um, the passage of time during all of this. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's always bedtime. Like I'm just always getting ready for bed and the the days feel like they're about four hours long, even though they're not. (laughs) And then like My body is still like being a body in real time. Like my hair still gets greasy every three days. And I'm surprised by that. Like, why isn't everything else just biologically in suspended animation? And then I keep sort of like looking at different corners in in my house. And I get like these flashes of how it looked years ago. Weird things are happening with time, trippy things. I just want to know what you ladies think about that. And if you're also experiencing it, goodbye. <laughs>
2: um, I absolutely love that question. I think it encapsulates a lot of what I've been feeling. I like don't know what day it is, don't know what time it is, don't know who I am, nothing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the opposite, though. I feel like it's never bedtime. It's never been. <laughs> it's never bedtime. <been> <laughs> That's like, but that's what happens when I lose any sort of routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll go to bed at four. It'll be great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been staying up like super late. And part of it is, I, I think, because I don't have to commute in the morning. Like I'm still working the same hours, but I'm just like, oh, I can stay up until 12 or one. or And so I've also been sleeping in really late. Mm-hmm. And so I know once this is over, I'm going to have a really hard time getting up at a decent time anymore.
1: Yeah. Amancio, just, Amancio
0: woke just woke up. <laughs> That's commendable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also because I'm in my pajamas all day, which maybe I should shift to, to make it feel like it's a day, but I don't know.
1: I did, I, I heard someone talk about shoes, which it's not really the pants, it's the shoes that like gets them together to like start working Uh ready to go like it's like putting on shoes real hard shoes not like hard you know not like dutch (laughs) wooden wooden shoes like (laughs)
0: Like
2: steel
1: toed
0: boots
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah. these are my working shoes (laughs) yeah all right i'm
1: I'm really jealous of gloria stefan i'm I'm assuming um for her hair only getting greasy every three days i was thinking the same thing three days (laughs) Is probably a- Gloria. I know. <laughs> yeah,
0: my hair gets greasy, like, throughout one day. So. <laughs>
2: Gloria must live in an arid climate, is all I can
1: say. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. I have a recommendation for Gloria, and I am actually just, I actually had a lot of recommendations, and I narrowed down to one, and I'm so excited to get to recommend this, because it's a book I read in the fall that then I kept, like, pushing on everyone. So um, you guys have probably already heard this recommendation from me and like probably my sister and my mom at least have. Um, it's a novel called Age of Miracles by Karen Thompson Walker. It came out, I want to say like 2013, and I believe it is her debut novel. It's beautiful. Um, it's incredibly written. The premise of the novel is that they everyone wakes up one day and finds that the rotation of the earth has slowed so that the day is slightly longer and the night is slightly longer.
0: Um,
2: And then this continues to happen throughout the course of the novel that like it just keeps slowing and time just keeps like stretching out and stretching out. Um, And it becomes like this big global thing where people, and like people kind of like shift into camps of like, there are people who um, observe clock time and just go around like every like nothing's changed. And so like, if it's bright in the middle of the night, whatever, we're sleeping. But like we're going by like 12 p.m to 12 a.m whatever and then there are people who start going by like i can't remember what they call it but like natural time and then those like cause divisions and all this stuff um and so it's just it has a lot of parallels with kind of feeling like this is a whole new world order and then also really creepy things are happening with time um and also the protagonist it's, it's written for adults. It's definitely not a young adult novel, but the protagonist is an 11 year old girl who's like in middle school. And so a lot is just like changing and uncertain in her life at the same time on a personal level. Um, it's really, really sweet. I wanna share a, it's sweet, but it's also very scary. Um, I wanna share a quote from it that I think is really relevant to our current situation. Later, I would come to think of those first days as the time when we learned as a species that we had worried over the wrong things, the hole in the ozone layer, the melting of the ice caps, West Nile and swine flu and killer bees. But I guess it never is what you worry over that comes to pass in the end. The real catastrophes are always different, unimagined, unprepared for, unknown.
0: That is a perfect recommendation.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And I really want to read it. (laughs) So good, so good.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: my sister-in-law seconds it <laughs> hi meredith
0: Hi, <laughs> meredith <Yes. laughs> hey, <laughs> um i also have a novel to recommend so um i want to recommend and since we're doing video i will show you the cover of the book excellent <laughs> it is um and i know my mom is gonna like this recommendation because she gave me this book for christmas um And it's fantastic. It's called Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine, by Gail Honeyman. Um, It's fantastic, and um, it's essentially this woman Eleanor has built herself a really like solitary, isolated life. um, But she thinks that it works better for her that way. Like she, I mean, like the title. She thinks she's totally fine. That um, she doesn't need other people. That you know, she has her routine down to a pretty strict timetable, except for weekends when basically everything falls apart and she just basically like eats frozen pizza and is in a vodka haze to get from Friday to Monday. And you learn throughout the book that this way of life is how she's dealing with some pretty intense past trauma. And she's doing that by not dealing with it living in a very internal world, Um, but she's also like incredibly witty and weird and has like very specific ideas about how other people should live their lives, what sort of behaviors are appropriate. Um, She says exactly what she means, no matter how alienating it is to other people. Um, But we also learn more and more through the book that like Eleanor's ideas about the passage of time are kind of delusional that how she approaches the world is again like a coping mechanism based on this trauma that she survived. Um, Things change for her halfway through the book um, and I don't want to give anything away but the reason I thought of this book is because of Gloria's question and how Eleanor deals with time in this book and it made me think like we're all kind of living this collective trauma and not knowing how to cope and how to differentiate like days and feeling incredibly isolated. Um, But the book also like points toward repair and hope and like ways to regain a sense of self and community, Um, the ways in which we trick ourselves into like unhealthy patterns based on what we're going through. Um, But it's also just one of, like, the funniest and wittiest um, and really devastating books that I've read, which a lot of novels can't do all of those things. Um, But she's, like, she's just kind of a bizarre character, um, but you feel a lot of empathy for her kind of struggling through the world, and I feel like we're all kind of struggling through the world right now. Um, And I would just highly recommend this book, I wanted to just read um, a couple quotes if I can. Um, So this is Eleanor. I do exist, don't I? It often feels as if I'm not here, that I'm a figment of my own imagination. There are days when I feel so lightly connected to the earth that the threads that tether me to the planet are gossamer thin, spun sugar. A strong gust of wind could dislodge me completely and I'd lift off and blow away like one of those seeds in a dandelion clock. The threads tightened slightly from Monday to Friday. <laughs> and then um, one more which kind of speaks to the, her, her wit, like I laughed out loud so many times in this book. Um, so she says, a philosophical question If a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? And if a woman who is wholly alone occasionally talks to a potted plant, is she certifiable? I think that it is perfectly normal to talk to oneself occasionally. It's not as though I'm expecting a reply. I'm fully aware that Polly is a (laughs) houseplant. Anyway, great book. That's my recommendation for Gloria.
2: While you were talking, your mom put in the chat, yay
0: for Anne's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I've been exposed, mom. <laughs> also, yay
1: for Anne's mom. Also, yeah, yeah no. Also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that reminds me of when I I talk to myself a lot. I do a lot of hour processing, and if no one's here, it just happens. And it reminded me of one time when I was, I remember, I was in the parking lot of a Barnes & Noble, and I was like talking, I was like, Wow, oh, I've really got a And then I like got out of my car and I just went, I really have to stop talking to myself. <laughs> and then I went around the car and there were like four people just like <laughs> right by my car. And I was like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> I was like, God. So, like, I can't even say I have to stop talking to myself. Internally. Talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um Lisa but how are you? <laughs> how are you doing, Lisa? <laughs> I think not <can't laughs> mind if that's what you're asking. <laughs>
3: um, okay, I'll go. Uh, so I kind of just wrote a bunch of things down, a bunch of recommendations, but they all have to do with the same theme. So I'm going to stick to the theme, and it's uh, spooky content. <laughs> but it's spooky content for me, which is anything that makes me think about time and how short it is and all of that um and then really just about I think the things okay so the things that have kind of come to light with this whole situation um are, are things that have just been terribly wrong with how things are run how the world is run and we're all seeing it in a new way hopefully some are really seeing it um but yeah it's so it's kind of prompted me to watch a lot of like scary end-of-the-world stuff, mm-hmm. and, uh, and particularly, like, robot stuff, like, things where technology takes over, even though what's the main threat right now is not necessarily technology, but it just kind of makes you think about, like, what the threats are and what, what's gonna get us. Um, <laughs> so if you like masochism, <laughs> you'll love my recommendation. If you love being even more scared in this world right now, so I think the main one, if we're talking about time, uh, Westworld has just come back. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've just found a lot of comfort in watching it because you never know what time it is in Westworld. Like, you don't know what has happened first. Or, you know, you're just going into scenes and things are happening and you have to kind of string them together. If you can, I never can. I just wait till the end and they, when they tell us. but in in a way it's kind of like what's happening right now that we're just it's just like all moments we're
1: Mm -hmm. like yeah okay
3: here i am awake again and i do kind of feel like it's always bedtime but i also feel like i'm waking up all the time and then everything in the middle is blurry Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's so and that kind of like leads me (laughs) to some other things that i've been thinking about and watching it because like, not to give any spoilers, but this season, it's kind of, there's, like, a whole, I mean, in general, there's, like, a whole predeterminism theme of, like, how much choice you have? Like, what are you even, essentially? Um, and what makes you you? And is it free will? And I'm just going to go ahead and say no, because everyone joined me in my new thoughts um, <laughs> in my ideology, that we don't have free will and that this was just going to happen anyway. And... We had no choice in the matter. It makes me feel so much
1: better. <laughs> Not only that, this is my favorite little addition. It already happened. Not only was it gonna happen yeah. anyway, but it's already happened. Already. Yeah, it's, it's already happened. happened. It's already
3: happened. I mean, I think especially at the beginning, when people were like, "Go home, don't be out in public, you're ruining everything. Just having that and being so stressed out about like how any little thing can ruin your entire life. And this is before coronavirus. Um, but yeah, just kind of thinking, well, it was going to happen anyway. And whether that makes you feel good or bad, I don't know. It <laughs> brought me a teeny bit of comfort. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not that you still shouldn't be careful, but, um,
1: fatalism no, helps me. It just takes control out of the situation. Like it, it keeps me from stopping to like, like, Oh my God, how am I going to make everything all right? How am I going to like fix the thing that's messed up? And it's like, we're all screwed or <laughs> like regardless of what you do it's already ha- like there's no you know what I mean like it definitely takes you and your anxiety of like of like being in control yeah like, out of the
0: yeah because you cannot yeah you can only control what you can control and why worry about the rest yeah
3: mm-hmm. and there's also that whole you know everyone's you know taking up the guitar and Japanese, and uh, working out four times a day because of all the time they have now. And oh, I haven't done any of that. Nope. <laughs> not that anyone's doing that. The people who say they are, they're lying. Oh my God.
2: So- <laughs> I have a great anecdote, not personal about that, because I have no personal anecdotes anymore because I don't live my life. I just listen to podcasts. And on a podcast I was listening to recently, Love It or Leave It, they had like a, they're doing, you know, usually they have a live show and instead they've been like calling people in their homes for certain segments. And so they called to ask people, what's the hobby that you've taken up um, since you've been in isolation? And it's this woman and I can't remember her last name, Alex something. And she's doing like a new uh, Crooked Media podcast. She was on with John Levitt doing these calls and they call this guy and he's like, Oh, I've been trying to learn like a bunch of languages. And then he's like, I mean, I've basically, I can't remember exactly how I put it, but he was basically like, I basically got Burmese down. And John Lovett goes, wait, 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 you've got Burmese down? And he's like, I guess we can't call you on that. And then this Alex woman is like, just kidding. We can. My mom's from Burma. And she starts talking to him in Burmese
3: and he can't talk back to her. <laughs>
2: Like he knows some words and he's like, I should back up. And he ended up being a very sweet guy. He's like, Aww. no, I work. Um, he's like, I'm a social worker. I work with the Burmese Aww. refugee population around Denver. Um, and so I'm just trying to learn like key phrases to be able to like talk to the people I'm working with. And, but she was just like, what were the chances that you would flex on being able to speak Burmese yeah. and the only Burmese American journalist in the, in the United States is right. on the phone to just prove you wrong in real time? <laughs> people are lying
3: (laughs) and I mean they're also I forgot my point but (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna relate it to time oh oh yeah and the idea of free will people are like well now all that stuff that you couldn't do before because you didn't have time it's not because of that it's because you don't have the will and screw that will doesn't exist so (laughs) That's that, wow. No, Harsh no.
0: life lessons from Lisanne. <laughs> you don't have time, you don't have will, your life is not in your own hands.
3: No. It makes it feel so much better. better.
1: <laughs> I like uh, it. Kiel, what's your <laughs>
0: recommendation?
1: It's all in my, all in my wheelhouse. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, so I'm really glad you all have some, like, fairly interesting and more highbrow things to recommend because this is my one big recommendation which is to watch the 100th episode of 30 rock um, oh good because what so to me gloria i said wrong um i it, it, this lack of time immediately i thought like I, i'm seeing like I'm thinking about my past constantly. I'm thinking about my future. I'm thinking at all the things I've done wrong. i thinking about what my alternate lives could be. I'm thinking about um, like, where have I been messing up this whole time? Like what, the, everything is just kind of come, like all, it's like all of my, the ghosts of my past are coming, right? Like, and I'm like seeing all of this time, all the, all the time. So, and to me, I immediately thought I was like, wow, it's like I'm in a bottle episode of a show of a tv show and the often i don't say all the time but often do we, do we all know what bottle episodes are
2: no I tell me why.
1: the chat okay great carol here's the thing carol <laughs> <laughs> um bottle episodes are basically episodes that actually sometimes come like right before the big um like final couple episodes of the season where they start to spend a lot of money on those last episodes with like okay special guest stars and stuff like that um yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. So bottle episodes are generally episodes done with like all the same scenery, they don't go anywhere. There's always, it, and like they oh. they spend as little money as possible and they usually come up with the best writing. So like some of the best friends episodes are when they were bottle episodes and they're all stuck in the apartment doing one thing. And so mo- so a lot of bottle episodes, biggest trope is um, like everyone, like something happening and everyone's like past coming back to visit them. So like, for example, in Fraser, the episode when they're in the cabin and all of Fraser's like past girlfriends and women that he's dated, ha- like, oh, yeah. off, right? And yeah. so, and then that's like, and they all come up with like some sort of like, I have to make a realization based on all these past things that happened. And I think that, oh, there's my dog. Are you hear me talk? <laughs> Sorry, my dog is visiting now. And he came in and his little ears were all back.
0: Oh, there he is. <laughs> there <we are.
1: laughs> hi hubble hey he's hubble downstairs <laughs>
0: or he's just gonna join us
1: yeah he's going to like sleep in my lap now so that's not okay. um so anyway and they off they happen in most like star trek episodes and of course that's really easy to have like time travel happening like all of a sudden the photons are i think that they're called like tim or i don't it doesn't matter But whatever the like particles are that change time, like it just so happens that now there are four Janeways and they're all fighting each other. And then Janeway has to figure out the right Janeway. You know, it just, it happens all the time. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what happens in this ball episode of 30 Rock, um, is when uh, Michael Keaton somehow Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) shows up in this episode and causes a gas leak, which makes everybody hallucinate. And everybody starts making like really stupid. Like everybody's being stupid, obviously. Is this there, Liz maybe, almost gets back with Dennis because. Yeah. Of- so yes. So one of the there are two parts of this that like I really relate to most. The first part, like that, is like part B that I relate to most, is Liz somehow during this hallucination um, has called back Dennis and is trying to get back together with him. And then he comes and the gas leaks get gas leak gets fixed. So like he comes and she's like, gross, no Dennis, I reject you. You're stupid. And then he real, that's of course then he realizes that the gas leak is what made her call him in the first place. So then he goes and purposefully leaks the gas again into the ventilation <laughs> system of the entire NBC uh building or you know 30 rock building. Yeah. Um so anyway to me what this relates so I guess that that part is to tell me Gail stop making huge life decisions during this time oh good like don't quit your job don't quit poetry don't like (laughs) move home don't like move away don't (laughs) join a commune like there are all these like big things where you're just like oh my god not like just recognize this is a little bit like a hallucination and (laughs) think about those things but like maybe wait to make those decisions until after the hallucination, right? Or, like, after this time. And so, yeah, and I did see, I mean, I saw on Twitter after I thought about this, it was, like, we're all basically in one bottle episode now. It's like, yeah, it's true. And it's, like, that's usually when all the, like, biggest decisions end up happening. And, of course, they all go back to normal at the end, but still. So, the biggest thing for me, though, is Jack's plot, uh, Alec Baldwin's plot in this episode, which is he first meets... He, like, sees the – he's, like, Alternate Jack. He meets Alternate Jack in his hallucination. And Alternate Jack is, like, really successful, and he's, like, the head of GE, and, like, everything is awesome. And he realized – like, he learns that he was awesome because he fired Liz, and, like, she was such a distraction, and, like, blah, blah, blah. Then – so he fires Liz, and that's when Liz realizes she's going to go live in – I think it was, like – hold on. There's a specific – there's a specific Florida – town where they go live. Hold on. Holding. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. <laughs>
3: Jacksonville. I was like, I
1: couldn't, I was like, I could just make up names, but I don't want to just openly like make fun of different cities. At of Miami podcast. Since
0: there are a lot of people from Florida <laughs> here right now.
1: <laughs> Tampa <Whatever>. um, <laughs> sucks. You know, whatever. <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, so Apparently, if this had continued on, like, Liz would have married Dennis and moved to Jacksonville, Florida to have a lease on house. And then Jack was like, no, we can't have that happen. So anyway, he meets, so like, he learns that alternate Jack was wrong. By the end of the episode, both past and future Jack come to visit him. And they, like, show him what his lives were like or could be like. And he learns, like, he shouldn't have fired Liz, that actually she was a really good distraction for him. And his, like, blind ambition, that he was so much happier with her. So he hires her back, et cetera, et cetera. My point is, is that I feel like I am Jack and there's just alternate past and future gales all around me all the time um, telling me like what decisions I made wrong, what I could do better, how like I could, my life could be and like what huge decisions I should be making to make it like whatever. Um, And I just, yeah, I think it's a really good episode also. (laughs) Um, Everyone ends up making really good, yeah, that's thoughtful. And that's the thing about the Bottle episode is that they always come out with, like, this big revelation. Like, even in the West Wing, when, like, the whole, like, the, when Josh gets shot, spoiler alert, um, that the Bottle episode is, like, him convincing Sam to join the president, and, like, then, hooray, the president, you know? Like, there's a, <gasps> yeah. you know, things are written, and I really- it's, like,
0: really... lead up to what's gonna
2: yeah. be-
1: like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like also that came out like twenty years ago, so yeah. Yeah. You, you, you kinda yeah. If you missed it, that's on you.
1: First of all, yeah. Um, <laughs> Rally so with I, the guy. That's my it. Thoughts, yeah. I just wish maybe our my bottle episode were written by a stellar writer instead oh, of yeah. life. You know? because I'm not really sure what like big thing my life is leading up to, but it does feel like because of this time warp that I'm in some sort of, so anyway, everybody's in this hallucinatory thing. Everybody's making big life decisions. Jenna's having a hysterical pregnancy in this episode, which is hilarious. Um, everybody goes nuts and makes these big life decisions, but then you realize that, you know, don't maybe don't make those big decisions while you're hallucinating on a gas leak. Um, which I think is what our time is now.
0: That's what, yeah. Yeah. This is one giant gas leak.
1: And also, (laughs) the thing that saves the whole episode is the gas leak, actually, because it, like, by giving everyone the gas leak, it makes the audience think that the show is funny, which, like, the show in the show. Oh, yeah. Yes. The show is funny, which actually ends up saving the show. So, maybe take advantage of the gas leak, but don't make any big decisions. That's how I feel about it.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: that's yeah. Yeah. lasting advice yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're in a bottle episode <laughs> just that like doesn't really me. well-written
3: one <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess depending whose home you're in mm-hmm. like ours are good but yeah,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> uh wait real quick I, that does remind me of my recommendations having to do with time and also like basically like Jack having his different versions of himself and how there's different gales there's a new show on fx called devs and it's really really good and it's about um like essentially a multiverse situation everyone's kind of the multiverse right now in yeah (laughs) in pop culture world i wonder why because if we don't want to be in this one or something (laughs) just as a collective but um yeah it's a real it's another kind of creepy show but it has a lot to do with, like, the very many paths that we can take.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and it's been, like, extra prep, because, like, my birthday was on Wednesday, and so it's been, like, the, you know, the already pressure that happens when you're over 30 and you play landslide on your birthday, and then that plus, like, quarantine isolation is just kind of compounds on it. Don't have a birthday on, like, during... Uh, self-isolation is another recommendation you <laughs> shall
3: see if in a month That's yeah. Yeah. yeah actually so my sister just commented and I would like to mention that today was supposed to be her wedding yeah oh. so yeah I'm sure she's going through it right now yeah although she keeps sending yeah. me <laughs> she keeps sending me my mom messages like my thing like her hand has like a Gab in it, I guess, and she's like, "My ring finger looks ugly. I couldn't get married anyway." <laughs> <laughs> and like the forecast, she's like, "It was gonna rain. I couldn't get married anyway." Yeah. Aww, so, yeah, it's
1: already so, happened. Great, right, Kayla.
3: <laughs> That's
1: um, such a bummer.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, we sh- we c- can move on to our next very related question, um, mm-hmm. which comes from Deb who asks, um, well, Moore states, she's curious about our favorite songs and poems about isolation. Um, I am going to recommend a couple songs. Um, Actually, I'm gonna recommend an entire album um, called um, Emergency and I by the Dismemberment Plan. (laughs) which is um, one of my favorite albums. And they were kind of a 90s, early 2000s indie rock band. Um, And I'm just gonna play the beginning of maybe the most um, depressing song on the album that it just immediately sounds like isolation.
1: know you get you get the mood of the song um that's just one person and a guitar and an amp alone in their closet yeah yeah
0: i mean so this album once i started to think about it and to like re-listen to it um the whole album is basically about like the relationship between how we live in this chaotic world outside us and that relationship, also with like how we can often feel disconnected and isolated and have like an anxious self, um, which seemed um, apt for this um, for this question. Um, basically, every song in this album deals with this issue. Um, but the song I just played is called "The Jitters," um, which is also the title of my book, which I sort of named after this song, I realized, um, after Anxiety. But, um, so the lyrics, I'll just read some of the lyrics, um, which again are depressing because it's about isolation and feeling disconnected. Um, But it starts, no one means what they say, and you can tell as clear as deep sea fish, all internal organs and glowing eyes, I've been good, I've been busy. I've realized my friends' true intentions cut all ties. I've been doing 10,000 push-ups a day. Always tired, need a nap. I have to make myself brush my teeth. I've made a list of everything I've ever owned. When the days bring nothing new and the sound of laughter makes you sick and snide, you know you've got the jitters. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's wrong, I'm just fine. I've realized I just don't like jokes. I'm thinking of moving, I can't call anyone back. You can tell every time they lean away when you just want to talk, you couldn't buy their interest now. Um, So I'm just taking us down. Um, (laughs) But Deb asked about our favorite songs about isolation. Um, And so I just think this album, um, it's, it's depressing, but there's also some pretty like peppy songs on there, too, um, that bring a little bit of, bring a little bit of hope. Um, But if you're feeling isolated, and you want to listen to some songs really about isolation, hey, man, listen to The Dismemberment Plan. That's a great recommendation, Anne. I also want to remind
2: you that, like, because your manuscript had a different name, and when you landed on the jitters, I I just remembered that you told your mom over the phone that you were going to call it the jitters and she misheard you and thought you were calling it the juice (laughs) (laughs) i don't
1: remember that we we made a a mock cover we made
2: mock-up covers for you of just like pictures of different juice that was like the
1: juice that's funny it's just got a picture of oj on it Bringing it back to like 97. I yep. mean, the joke would be 97. I know it was earlier, but the joke would be right yeah. around. Yeah. Good job, Anne. Yeah, did um, you, was, that, was that your?
0: Yeah, that was my recommendation. Oh,
1: great. I can go next.
2: I picked, so Deb asked for poems and songs. I picked a poem and a song for her. My poem is kind of like on a downer note, so I'm gonna. It's beautiful, but it's kind of like more like sitting with the loneliness of isolation. Yeah. And then my song is about isolation, but it like kind of brings us up. So I'm gonna start with the poem, which is um, it's by a Miami poet named Cherry Pickman, and it's from her chapbook Theory of Tides, which is just like really beautiful writing, really beautiful like physical art object as well. Um, and this. Poem is called "The Lean Reward." The goal dips, loosens the sky from the ground. I make my way across the kitchen shore into the blurred noontide. Accident of the immaterial is what we are all tied to. Never mind the trees that moor us, the swatches of lawn. A car's trunk was left open overnight, and now I am heavy to that kind of feeling which can take place without any thought whatsoever. I pay the closest attention. I will meet my minutes out with lists. Socket, knuckle, ramble, sell. And after dinner, dinner, I will writhe in silence in bed. I know what they are up to. All night, they drag canvas from the basements of my outbuildings. Every morning, I see the sod ripped from the hall the black mineral smell of it, and here the gods are failing. The evidence is in the layered walls. I can hear the crackling in the stovepipe, and know at some point the hot must come out. Believing begs authority, and even the thought of prayer binds me to the terrible slowness with which these things find light. Withholding of lid, lampshade, grate, the tightest collar, eventually will slacken to offer a certain abundance, a doling out from a previously bolted room. I can live by this infrequency, reap the lean reward, emptied shell of the horseshoe crab, salt and still pool. From the moment I knew I was sad, I was ready. I was shedding my coats in December's road. I was cropping my hair. And what was ever more false than reason I'll quit the thought before it's finished. Left to myself, I thrive on my own substance, and it cannot be replenished.
1: Very good. That's beautiful.
2: I I know. It's such a beautiful poem. This whole book is absolutely beautiful. Um, I think Cherry is just an amazing poet. But that particular poem, like so much of that, like so many lines in there feel so directly applied to our curtain situation um like i will meet i think terry put i will meet my minutes out with lists like definitely that feels like what i'm doing or um even the thought of prayer binds me to the terrible slowness with which these things find light it's just so gorgeous and sad (laughs) um but yeah i highly recommend this whole chapbook by cherry pickman which also cherry pickman is maybe the best name i've ever heard in my life that's such Um, a great name yeah Yeah.
3: that was my first thought (laughs)
1: Yeah,
2: it's the best, and she's—I mean, her her poetry is amazing. Um, so that's my poem recommendation for Deb, and then my song recommendation is the Rufus Wainwright song "Movies of Myself." Oh my god, um, which I I just love. I love Rufus Wainwright, and I've been listening to a lot of Rufus. A couple, maybe like a month ago, before isolation happened, when I used to see my friends, um, Melody was like. I've been listening to a lot of Rufus Rufus Wainwright again. And I was like, man, I haven't listened to him for a while. So I had been anyway, but then Rufus is also doing this. um, He's doing a series on his Instagram called, which he's calling Robe Recitals and Quarantunes where once a day, he does like an Instagram uh, TV song, just like him playing in his robe at home, either like on on the piano or or the guitar singing one of his songs. Um, So, That's like a general recommendation as well. But the song Movies of Myself has been in my head because it's like, stop me making movies of myself, which just makes me think of like all we do all day. All my meetings are on Zoom or Skype or something like that. All my like interactions with friends are on Zoom. And so I'm just looking at my stupid face, (laughs) whether it's small or large, all day long. And I'm so sick of seeing, like, you see your face way more than you do in normal life. And I'm so sick of it. But there are some really, Funny lines in that song. I mean, it's not like a direct, it's not directly about the situation, but it is about isolation and it's kind of about wanting love. Um, and he's at one point, like one of the lyrics is about looking like a hag, which I think is really funny. Um, but then the chorus is um, start giving me something, a love that is longer than a day. So it's about like kind of loneliness and, and isolation, but then Part of the refrain is, stop me making movies of myself, um, which I think is a really fun isolation jam. And it is upbeat and super fun to listen to and like a great thing to sing around. So even if you don't know it, you have plenty of time to learn it and shout it in isolation with yourself.
1: (laughs) It speaks to that, like when you're alone and you don't think about other things or other people, like you just constantly replay yourself doing things or like anything about yourself constantly
0: yeah also I've been thinking and I have been talking about this with a lot of people that it feels what like we're living in a movie a little Mm -hmm. bit right now with how surreal everything is and like this morning my husband and I went to Whole Foods and like waited in line outside because they're only letting certain numbers of people in the stores and like everyone is standing six feet apart with their masks and their gloves and it's just like how is this how is this real life like it's hard it's hard to process yeah um and so it's easier to think of it especially for those of us who I think are pretty like privileged and aren't affected by it like healthcare workers and it's just like this Strange, surreal. Strange, surreal experience. Um, well, like and to it's, also be in this moment with um, Donald Trump as our president seems especially movie
1: dystopian-like. So, <laughs> well, it feels it feels strange because like it's like that plus the weird like what we already get from social media or the internet, the information where it's like when you rec- I'm gonna just set it up real quickly when you receive information from the internet social media or news or anything. It's to you, it feels, right? Like you're reading it and it's like a very personal experience. And if it says like, wear a mask or stand six feet away from, like here are the rules. It, almo- it also feels surreal that like you then go in public and those people have somehow been reading the same rules as you. And then you're all living in this world together where you've been receiving the information separately but are then going out. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Melding of worlds that happens where it's yeah. like. Yeah, because
0: what? we're all receiving this news together, but also in isolation. And
1: yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. And it's like, how do we know what even people get on the, like if my grandparents were like, they wouldn't be on the internet. How the hell would they know anything?
0: Yeah. Anyway. That's
1: all. Yeah. Um, Gail, I, what's
0: your recommendation?
1: Yeah. So I have a song and a poem they just downers. I don't, I don't even know what else to tell I you.
0: mean, it's a question about your favorite isolation.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, so
0: I think like they're going to be downers by.
1: I would think so. Yeah. And I think in sure.
2: general, like anything that people want during this time is they want like things to let them sit with the bad feelings and then things to bring them up. And like yeah. this is a segment where someone has asked for things to let them sit with the bad feelings. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, I'll go with my song first. Excellent. Um, and it's the so- first song that I started playing at all when this whole quarantine happened. I was like, well, what should I do? I guess I'll play a song um, on like, ukulele or whatever. And it's, I think there's a lot of things that make it kind of the best song for this and for kind of how I feel about the isolation of all this. And it is Lucinda Williams, um, Are You All Right? Mm. And it is my fa- one of my favorite songs. Um, and it's very repetitive, like, very Lucinda. It's very repetitive. It's, like, two or three chords. It's, you know, it's, like, in, there's, there's, like, a chorus, but it's, con- it's continually saying, are you all right, every other line, right? So, like, the lyrics are, and that's why I don't really want to play it because it's more of an experience, because, like, if I just sat here and we just listened to her repeatedly singing, are you all right? Mm-hmm then it wouldn't, it would kind of be more funny. Um, But like, we can go home and play the song for yourself. Um, But so like- Stay home and play the song.
0: (laughs) Stay home and play the song, not go home and play
1: the song. Stay home, be yourself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it doesn't take on like any big, like it's not like a suite of things. It's just like constantly the verse is like, are you all right? All of a sudden you went away. Are you all right? I hope you come back around someday. Are you all right? I haven't seen you in a real long time. Are you all right? Could you give me some kind of sign?" And then the chorus is, um, are you sleeping through the night? Do you have someone to hold you tight? Do you have someone to hang out with? Do you have someone to hug and kiss you, hug and kiss you, hug and kiss you? Are you all right? Um, and then there's a, there's like a part that's like, are you all right? Um, is there something been bothering you? Is there something you wanna say? Are you all right? Just tell me that you're okay. And so to me, it's, like, the best representation of being alone and, like, because the thing about this song is, is she's not actually contacting the person. Right. She's saying, are you all right? But there's no, but, like, it's not like she's actually on the phone with the person saying, hey, are you all right? It's, like, ho- like, are you all right? Are you all right? Are you okay? I haven't heard from you a really long time. But it's, like, letting, it's still putting everything on that other per- Like, there's no actual contact to the other person. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's like reaching out and reaching out, and reaching out, and reaching out, but not actually possibly getting another person. Yeah. Um,
0: well, and then it's like kind of an incantation too. Yes, <laughs> like,
1: it's I mean, that's very, like, I have like to
0: keep awkward. saying this and saying this yes. and saying this for it to be okay.
1: Yes. And like, that's the thing is it's not asking for anything big. It's not asking, I hope your life is great. I hope blah, blah, blah. It's just like, are you okay? Yeah. And I, I love know, that. Yeah. Like, it's not asking for, like, will you love me again? Are we going to be friends again? But it's just, like, man, I hope, like, you're, like you're gone. And I'm pretty sure you're never going to come back again. But, like, whatever's going on, I hope you're okay. And that, like, competitiveness of the line, competitiveness of the courts, it's just, like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That's fun. amazing. <laughs>
1: um, And then, in the same note, my number one favorite poem about isolation is, Sylvia Plath, Nick and the Candlestick. Oh, perfect. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, technically it's not isolation because, like, technically she's got a baby, right? But let's be honest, they're not people. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But, like, that I mean, yeah, Sylvia wasn't happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, right. But she, but she was about the baby in its home. Right? Sure,
0: sure. Yeah. But,
1: like, the idea, I mean, because so much of this is being alone, but, like, with the baby, but, like, the baby's not like, hey, let's you know, let's go down the, to the corner store and hang out or anything. The baby's just a baby. Go right? to the soda not shop. <laughs> yeah, it's not asking for a lot. <laughs> so I'll read it really quick, but I, I'll preface it by saying because my students, 100% of my students, every single time actually think that she's a minor and that she's in an actual cave. Um, so I just want to preface this by saying. It's not a real cave. It's just <laughs> a real minor. I think it's fairly clear when you read it, but who am I to judge? Uh, <laughs> but it's, the point is, it's just, they're, they're in a very isolated place. It's her and a tiny baby. And think if you think about Nick and the candlestick, Nick is the name of a baby. And then there's just a candlestick in this like really, really dark space. Okay. All right. I am a miner. I understand how hard, like that's the first line. So like, <laughs> My students are like, cool. So Why she does
2: she lie it? to us though? Yeah. Like, what was the point of her lying to us?
1: The poetry of lies. I am a minor. <laughs> the light burns blue. Waxy stalactites drip and thicken. Tears the earthen womb exudes from its dead boredom. Black, fat airs wrap me, raggy shawls, cold homicides. They weld to me like plums. Old cave of, I- of calcium icicles, old echoer. Even the newts are white, those holy Joes, and the fish, the fish, Christ, they are panes of ice, a vice of knives, a piranha religion drinking its first communion out of my live toes. The candle gulps and recovers its small altitude, its yellows hearten. Oh, love, how did you get here? Oh, embryo, remembering even in sleep your crossed position. The blood blooms clean in you, Ruby. The pain you wake to is not yours love love i've hung our cave with roses with soft rugs. the last of victoriana let the stars plummet to their dark address Let the mercuric atoms that cripple drip into the terrible well you are the one solid the spaces lean on envious you are the baby in the barn Mm -hmm. so right okay so they're all alone in this cave slash room slash room in their house um and they're all alone and whoever has like caused this pain is gone. Right. And so they're, they're in and she's like done all she could, like it's even the dead boredom, right? Like they're, they're all bored. Everything kind of like, it's not saying it's super great. She's done what she's could and like hung roses and rugs and like dumb, you know, whatever, but they're still in this like really dark cave. And then it's basically like a, like a ritual. Like she's kind of created this new life and this new thing out of this baby that's come out. That's just like appeared. Oh, how did you get here? You know, like, I've been alone, all of a sudden you're here, and you're great, and you're this, like, pure innocent thing that has nothing to do with, like, the pain that's, like, happening in the world or in my life, and so I'm going to create, like, I'm going to try to create something from you, which, like, is beautiful.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is is just one of the best poems ever written. (laughs) So good. It makes me, like, teary every time. Yeah. The fact hey it, that, hear yeah. it. it just never gets old.
1: Yeah, the fact that I was able to say, oh, love, how did you get here and not cry is, I think, a very big feat. One and a half beers in, also.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the last line, too, is just, like, one of the best last lines in poetry. <laughs>
1: like, I, love, I mean, even just, like, you are the one solid. The spaces lean on in uh, you. Like, all the space lean uh, yeah, on. Yeah, you're the baby in the box. <laughs> Sylvia,
3: what are you doing? Know, Sylvia. Ugh. Please don't describe it too much. I try to check out half... <laughs> because you guys, when you guys read poems, because for me, this is the first time I hear most... I, yeah, I would say all yeah, the poems yeah. you guys read. And I've learned the hard way that if I pay too much attention, I will start sobbing.
1: <laughs> you know? The
2: episode where we shared James Tate's um, The Cowboy, yeah. Lisanne's just, like, crying and crying in the office. <laughs> like... Fuck this guy why <laughs> <laughs> all right Lizanne. what are your recommendations for Deb
3: um all right so in terms of music I did not think of one song but I did think on my walk the other day I was just listening to Spotify Spotify random song picks and um dancing a cover of dancing on my own came on
1: oh my god uh
3: the singer was Kalem Scott, Callum Scott, I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, it's like some guy and a guitar. It's like an acoustic cover, but I also love it when like men cover women's songs and they don't change the genders of the song. So it has that. It has like a slowed down acoustic version of a great pop song, probably one of the best. And um, then it just got to thinking about like how, what a moment that was and how it just feels like we're like in the acoustic- cover version of pop songs right now. Like we cannot be out there dancing to, I mean, plenty of people are, I guess, via Instagram live and stuff, but um, the mood is very much like a slow down version of a happy song. That's So truly
2: fan, I love that. (laughs) So
3: that's that song, but there's also, uh, it made me think about other song, other covers. And I thought of girls just want to have fun cover uh by greg laswell they also covered it on glee and did it it was very good um
2: you did the cover of the um of dancing
3: on my own Calum scott Kalem. or callum scott okay. Okay. um and um just the entire uh ryan adams 1989 not that i want to promote ryan adams because he was very mean to mandy moore and she is like a religious figure in my household <laughs>
0: Everything you yeah. said, kind of yeah. I'm also, sorry, a lot of other women as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So, we don't like him. So, if you want to listen to that entire album covered by him, go to Limewire or <laughs> 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 that probably doesn't exist anymore. Don't let him have it. Um, it <laughs> <laughs> but it is pretty good. Like, w- what I found really that that entire album was that like the songs I didn't like on the Taylor version I really liked on his version so if you can find any other covers by men and their guitars of uh, pop queens and I hope it's not pop queen erasure to do this but I also feel like that's just the mood we're in yeah um and then once we get out we can we can amp it up again um and in terms of poems as you as I made clear earlier I don't I'm not in the poetry world, but during, during this time, uh, I have crossed off one thing I wanted to do that's been on my, like, you got to do this list. And that is to read your poems.
2: Oh
3: (laughs) (laughs) No. I I would get that reaction. (laughs) Oh
0: no. (laughs) Yeah. What have you done? (laughs) You guys are great. Oh my
3: God. (laughs) thank you <laughs> Stop
0: it. <laughs> and
3: I mean some of the opinion and I think most people are that a lot of most art is about isolation because for the most part you're writing it in isolation or you feel isolated enough from like some kind of part of the world that you feel like you have to write something down or pain or whatever you do um and so I I did go through like a bunch of your poems that are online I didn't want to buy any of your books in case you guys like are tracking that somehow. Like I don't know what you guys have. <laughs> so I didn't want I didn't want you to be like, why is this sand buying this now? But I will eventually. Um, <laughs> so I just found ones that were online and I mean I wrote some of them down here, but okay, so I don't know poetry etiquette. Like what I want to do is read like some of my favorite lines from some of your poems. Is that okay? That's okay. great. Great. Yes. So that I don't have to read because I would want to give you all the same amount. <laughs>
2: Okay. <laughs> you are the best producer Lisa. yes
3: I need to treat all of you
0: equally yes,
3: yes. my favorite child <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it um but I so uh let's see I and I did write like I did put several poems <laughs> that I could read but for example one of uh hmm, okay I'll do this one for Gales. I just thought it was like it's very much about
1: okay well this all is like my poems fast. about being lonely. I know, it's not hard. <laughs> well, <laughs> all my poems are about being alone.
3: <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of users, but a lot of poems are also. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so this is, and I hope, I like, I tried to like make sure I went for, to like your websites because I'm like, what if there's another poet named Gail Thompson? I start reading her poem. like you know anxiety things, you <laughs> the,
1: the thought process that happened feels so... Relatable. It's, it's
3: accurate. <laughs> it all happened. <laughs> um, okay, so this is in the small tent men pound. And the very last stanza, back, the little block, the book. Yeah, oh, great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Whatever that's called. Um, okay, I'll read this. When will men stop wasting all this energy on transcendence? I want to write a poem where the I is, is the one always rescuing the other I but I am told over and over again that you can't just unconsciously collaborate. That's just not possible. <laughs> but I didn't write this poem for you. I did not write this poem. I do not write this poem. I'm so sorry.
1: I think actually I did in the book, I changed it to, I did not write this
3: poem. I was going to say, that's an edit that has happened. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm um, like
2: hella
3: nervous just reading this. because I'm like, I don't want to do it That. You did a great job. You're doing incredibly, Lisanne. Yeah. I'm very sensitive to like how people's work is, is best. so that's like a really i really like that line in in one of gail's poems i have like three other ones here but i'm gonna skip to caroline and i love this line as well because it just made me think of like this is everyone right now somehow um, and this is from i believe ten of spades and it goes in the car i needed to tell you about the color of two bars of soap Disintegrating together in my shower, how it made me cry. <laughs> and that is yes. <laughs> yep.
0: I like Caroline.
3: And this is Anne's little part. Let me find it. And it was also
1: called the juice. <laughs> from <what>? the juice.
3: <laughs> from the juice. It could have been from jitters. I'm not sure. Oh, sh- you know what? I didn't highlight it. Oh. But this, I remembered now. So this is from, I don't know if it has a title. Not sure. But uh, here it goes. Uh, Human behavior dictates the time leading up to now. How in the morning the sun screams itself awake. And some of us too, if we let it. I am not clear. It's because I am now gutless. And yeah, and those... (laughs) I could have kept reading, but I didn't want to unequal the time.
1: <laughs> you did a perfect job. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa Ann. Thank
3: you, Lisa Ann. That was so that sweet. was so good. That was so I loved sweet. it. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I was just like,
1: you know, <laughs> the whole time. It was I too, like, it really, Anne's really resonated with her discussion of the birds earlier in our show. true. It's true. Everybody yeah, interpret
3: however you want all of those I really like the human behavior dictates the time leading up to now like that is
1: yeah
3: so, kind of okay. goes back to like my predeterminism <laughs> 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 everyone get on board <laughs> <laughs> all right and with that I'll go into the last question
2: awesome
3: which is from Juan correct mm-hmm. yes and it is when this is over Will we hug our friends tighter or hold them conceptually at an arm's distance? And I guess then I will keep talking. Please. <laughs> recommendation for that. So, this has to be one of my views of all time. And it just had, a, I think it has everything to do with what is now. This was the only one I was concerned that we might overlap with in terms of recommendations. Um, it's You've Got Mail. Yay! (laughs) It is, it's perfect. In in terms of romantic comedies, it is the best. It is, it's my ideal romantic comedy because at the end when they get together, I'm sorry, they get together at the end.
0: (laughs) Again, it was like 25 years ago. So if you haven't seen (laughs) You've Got Mail, you're a monster. why are you
1: watching (laughs) You've Got Mail if not to see them get together? Like, you know? (laughs) Exactly. That's the good part. You see, like, the
3: fact, like by the time they get together, they've already been dating for like a year. Like it's, it's the perfect romantic comedy because they actually get to know each other and then they get to know each other in person and don't like each other. Oh man, it's so good. Um, so it just made me think about like, I'm having, so I guess if I have to explain it, because I'm sure some people may have not seen it, um, please do. It's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and they have like an online relationship via AIM, I guess, AOL email. You've got mail. Yeah, that's the whole AOL. thing. <laughs> and um, they actually really like each other via email, but then they meet in person and they own like rival bookshops because of course, and they hate <laughs> each other in that in person, Um, but because they just feel like they have very different ideologies in person but via email they're exactly the same and they're perfect for one another and then like there's multiple attempts for them to actually meet up their male personas to meet up in person and then one realizes that the identity of the other and blah blah blah. but it it just ends really well because it you kind of go through it all and it's not like very cookie cutter like there's a lot of complicated things that happen in between so it's very, it's realistic. If it's going to be realistic in any sense, it is in that sense. They have like an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just makes me think about right now when we're just kind of forming these new relationships via online. I mean, for like, I know, oh, you've got mail.
1: <laughs> A new spotlight that's never happened on my computer before.
3: <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like relationships that happen online that you, you just never met people and like, you're, you feel closer to those people now, because now that's just your relationship with everyone or even relationships with people that you wouldn't normally contact or you're not kind of contacting because it's like not as serious as an in-person relationship. Yeah. So it, I just feel like this situation has really opened us up to connecting in a new way. And um, I don't know what's going to happen when we get out of here. And I don't know if uh, everyone's just going to meet up at that park in New York and <laughs> make out. I don't think that's what's going to happen. It's, it might it's, a some dogs.
1: People. <laughs> it's a
3: dog. <laughs> what's his dog's name? I forget. Ooh, I forgot,
0: too.
1: Barkley. Like
0: Brad- Barkley. Bradley. Bur- Barkley. I don't know. Lisa Sam, I love that. And that's like... Besides Footloose, um, which I'm saying with no reservations now, is, like, one of my go-to movies that I watch when I'm, like, in a really bad mood. I just think it's, like, the, it is, like, the perfect, that and When Harry Met Sally are, like, the two best romantic comedies.
1: So, Nora Mm -hmm. Ephron does this thing where she, she puts people together the way that I imagine my parents are, which to me is like, that is what marriage should be. That's what partnerships should be. And it's not this like incredibly weird, romantic, um, this is weird, but like every, you know, when Harry Met Sally, uh, you've got male. It's like you, it's like you're kind of like battling partner and like your fun sparring, like your best friend that you can kind of get in matches with. And then that's who the person you fall in love with is. Yeah. I love that.
3: It's, it's the best. Yeah. It really is. If I can throw in um a not. Well, I have like I I kind of have like several suggestions for this. I'll <laughs> just throw them all in there. Um <laughs> Yeah, we have 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it really fast. Um so in in trying to like recommend something literary, uh, <laughs> I looked at plays and I think what drew me to that suggestion was necessarily like was the idea that um, in place it just kind of feels like everyone's in the same room and mm-hmm. like what we're doing now and re- all of our relationships with one another or and I think this also I think especially since like now I'm in this room by myself I'm thinking about like what the first thing I'm going to do who the first p- person I'm going to see is after this and like it just feels like a lot more important our time spent out of here as opposed to before where it's like, oh I'll hang out with whoever this person. So now it's just like reevaluating generally who you want in your life. Yeah. And um so I I looked at I literally just googled plays about relationships. <laughs> and finally I found one my the first recommendation that came up was this play called Bad Jews. And I've actually seen it, which I felt very proud of myself for having seen something <laughs> um and it's really good and it's about a family that's kind of that's in the same house and they're trying to figure out what to do with I believe their grandparents uh like a a piece of jewelry that one of their grandparents uh kept through the holocaust and it's like all of these things coming up between the sibling and it's, it's a really good play um and the the family dynamics which I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with right Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally comes into play. And it's really about reanalyzing your relationships with these people that you really didn't have a choice to be around. Mm -hmm. And so I found that extremely fascinating. And so, (laughs) but then I Googled on a completely opposite side of Judaism. I found a play uh that I just I found so this was on a list from like BuzzFeed of like most famous plays, and I just was drawn to it, and it's called No Exit, it's about hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the people. And, I'm sorry. It's Tell other people. people. Yeah. So it, I, um, I found that very fascinating as well. I saw like a BBC version of it on YouTube. And so it's really good. And it's, it's essentially the good place. And I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know what the good place is based on um but it's it's really good and I think again if you're really into masochism and you're like ready to pull your hair (laughs) out from like being at home with certain people family friends whatever husbands wives uh this will be a good play for you and it will watch you will get to watch people resort to the things that uh like the, the fastest thing that brings them comfort, and how that just maybe doesn't work for everybody sometimes. And we all have to kind of adjust to that. So, nice.
2: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> great. I love
3: those, Lisa. Thanks. Who's yeah. next?
0: I have a poem. Great. I'd like to read part of. Um, first of all, Juan, this is such a great question um also like it's like a question full of love but also full of like some pain and uncertainty um which seems apt um but it made me think of the um book length poem Um, midwinter day by bernadette mayer um which is like an iconic book Um, bernadette mayer is is incredible she's one of my favorite poets um This book is very, like, experimental in that she wrote, she wrote it, um, here it is, Midwinter Day, um, she wrote it in one day on December 22nd, 1978, um, in Massachusetts, and it's basically, like, an epic poem about her daily routine, and the reason I thought of this poem is because, like, especially right now, I feel like we're all even more like intensely alone with our thoughts <laughs> um, and thinking about the ways in which like our relationships are complicated by like being in isolation with each other, like with with uh, with a partner or not with anybody, um, not being able to see um, our friends and loved ones. Um, but what I love about this book is that in writing it in one day, it kind of captures like, it's just full of like these tiny bursts of like all of the contradictory feelings that you feel throughout a day. So like f- love it, feeling love both like deeply and uncertainly toward your friends and lovers. Um, like, you know, at the beginning of the, t- the day, she starts with like a dream that she had. And at the end of the day, you know, she falls back into dreams And it's just like this beautiful kind of interiority of like what you go through in your mind like throughout a day and thinking about like how we survive a whole day in our heads and with each other at all. Um, So I just want to read um, part of the poem, which is the end of part five. It's in six parts. And I'll do this quickly. I write this love as all transition, as if I'm in instinctual flight. A small ladybug with only two black dots on its back climbs like a blind turtle on my pen and begins to drink ink in the light of tradition. We're allowed to crowd love in like a significant myth, resting still on paper. I remember being bitten by a spider. It was like feeling what they call the life of the mind. Stinging my thigh like Dante. This guilty beetle is a frightening thing when it shows its wings and leaps like the story of a woman who, once in this house, said the world was like a madhouse. Cold winds blowing and life looks like some malignant disease viewed from the heights of reason, which I don't believe in. I know the place taken by tradition is like superstition. And even what they call the literary leaves less for love, I know. The world is straight ice. I know backwards the grief of life like chance, if I can say that. I can say easily I know you like the progression from memory to what they call freedom or reason, though it's not reason at all. It's an ideal like anarchism, though it's not an ideal. It's a kind of time that has flown away from causes, or gotten loose from them, pried loose, or used them up, gotten away, no one knows why, nothing happens. There is no reason, there's no dream, it's not inherited, like peace, but it's not peace. There's no beginning, like religion, but it is not God. It's more like middle age or humor without elucidation, like greeting card verse. This love is a recognized occasion. I know you like, I know my times, as if I were God and gave you birth. If I can say that, I can say I am Ra who drew from himself to give birth to Jeb and Nut, Isis and Osiris, though it isn't um, decorous today to say this. Instead I say, you are the resource for my sense of decorum, knowing you as Ra knew the great of magic, his imaginary wife, and without recourse to love, men and women are like tears. I would lose my memory, I would sleep 12 hours, I would wake up and get into my boat with my scribe, I would study the 12 hours of the day, spending an hour in each. I would have a secret name. I would rush upon the guilty without pity till the goddess of my eye and her vengeance overwhelmed my own rage. As you and I take turns in love's anger, like, ro- like the royal children born every morning to die that night. I know you speak and are as suddenly forgiven. It's the consequence of love's having no cause. Then we wonder what we can say. I can say I turn formally to love to spend the day. To you to form the night as what I know. An image of love allows what I can't say. Sun's lost in the window and love is below. Love is the same and does not keep that name. I keep that name and I am not the same. A shadow of ice exchanges the color of light. Love's figure to begin the absent night. Beautiful. That's great. (laughs) Love that Bernadette Mayer yeah I have nothing else to say about that poem I just yeah it's all the all the beautiful and terrifying things about loving each other and being close to each other but away from each other that's wonderful we'll see what happens
2: <laughs>
0: Gail
1: you want to go are we should we keep going
2: I think we should just do it quick and wrap up I yeah. thought
1: the Zoom was just going to cut out at 2, at like no, 20 no. 4 no. or so, it'll,
2: it'll end when I end it, but let's okay. just keep, let's just go quickly.
1: <laughs> um, you can't see the cover? Sort of. Sort of. I didn't tear it off. It, it came this way, because anyway, the point is, it's a well-loved copy of Claudia Rankine's Don't Let Me Be Lonely, mm. which is the best book in the whole world. It is one of my top three favorite books. And, um, it's a pre, I would say it's like a thematic precursor to Citizen. Um, but to me, it's, I, I, I just happen to love this, like as a personal, like even more because it, it, it encapsulates so many different things. And I mean, much like Citizen does, but it kind of like pulls together all these different moments that kind of all highlight, basically, um, I have lots of questions here. Uh, uh, What is a human being worth? Are some worth less than others? What does it mean to be alive? What can language hold? How can we use language to be there and account for one another? And so thinking about like all the maps, this is just a little side thing, all the maps and the, not maps, but like the numbers and data that we've been reading. Um, I wanna read a little part about uh, Giuliani um, and his response to the 9-11 attacks. Um, And this is very, very, very quick. I'm still considering Giuliani as nobility. It is difficult to separate him out from the extremes connected to the city over his years of mayorship. Still, one day after the attack of the World Trade Center, a reporter asked him to estimate the number of dead. His reply, more than we can bear, caused me to turn and look at him as if for the first time. It is true that we carry the idea of us along with us. And then there are 3,000 dead and it is incomprehensible and ungraspable. Physically and emotionally, we cannot bear it. Should never, in fact, have this capacity. So when the number is released, it is a sieve that cannot hold the loss Giuliani recognized and answered for. And it's just my favorite thing about language, which is that language is a sieve. No matter how many times you'll say 3,000 dead, it will never actually encapsulate the 3,000 people that are dead. Mm -hmm. Um, So no matter what it will be, it will not hold it. Um, and then, and to so much of this is just like reaching out and being, I mean, obviously the title is do not Let Me be lonely. Um, but then we, I have, I, as when I read this question and so just really quickly, the last social thing I did before quarantine was go to a friend's funeral and have this like really open emotional connection with people. So I think like it might be difficult for us to kind of get back and, and not hold each other arm's length, but I think that's the thing that we need to do is keep holding each other really tight because like. If you have friends, now is the time to be friends. It's a quote. Not, not for friends. friends, now is the time to be friends. <laughs> um, but when, when I read this question, um, I immediately had this quote in my head. So I'll read this just as it's like four lines. Do it. Define loneliness. Yes. It's what we can't do for each other. What do we mean to each other? What does a life mean? Why are we here if not for each other? So I'm trying to say every kid is the best. <laughs> <For real. laughs> yeah. For real, for real. And I love her so much.: <laughs> all
2: right yeah. Those are great recommendations. I have one quick one, and then we can wrap up. So when I read Juan's question, um, I thought about my favorite book, my very favorite book, which is "The Little Prince," um, which I will argue is an adult book. People say it's a children's book. I did not understand it as a child, the way I understand it now. Um, an adult. It's so good. I mean, it's not like adult, but it's like <laughs> a grown-up. Um, you understand it on a different level when you read it as as a grown-up. Um, and I just, I mean, it's all about these, you know, it's about like St. being completely alone in the desert and scared and his plane has gone down. And so he like hallucinates this little prince, you know, if we look at it literally, but also just like with the characters in the book, like people who are, they're actually far from home, but they're alone and kind of seeking connection. Um and like the prince's story is that he goes to all these different planets and meets like these these people who live on their solitary planet doing like their like very like solitary lives but craving interaction. Um and I just want to read like two sentences from it from sort of near the beginning. Oh little prince, bit by bit I came to understand the secrets of your sad life. For a long time you had found your only entertainment in the quiet pleasure of looking at the sunset. Um, which feels relatable but it's just it's such a joy to read but it also it aches there's like a lot of pain in it um, and I think that one we will we will eventually hold each other close again on that note Lisanne, you want to read the outro <laughs> I'm ready all right
3: all right now that friends was filmed in front of a live audience up entirely of our and viewers like you, your hosts and four new friends are Caroline Cabrera, Ann Holmes, Gail Thompson, and Lisann Horspaday Ramos. <laughs> our theme music is provided by Gail Thompson. Now that we're friends, is an O Miami production. If you want to ask us for advice or receive our recommendations, you can send a voice memo or written email to newfriend@omiami.org. It stopped too soon that's okay <laughs> you can also follow us on facebook at now that we're friends and on twitter and instagram at, at ntwf podcast all right Yay.
0: thanks everybody
3: they for
2: that joining us out. thanks to everyone for joining us um oh miami has a full slate of um engagements going on throughout national poetry month so almost every day there's at least one sometimes two events thanks so much and yeah we love you guys
0: Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm. Stay safe. And stay home. Stay home. Stay home. We love you, but stay home. Read things.